anyway thank you thank you for giving us this opportunity and uh, as you suggest sir now what we will do is we will highlight few points which we think as lawyers collective which we agreed upon in our uh, collective to highlight in relation to judiciary of course we have other views and also all of us also represents other organization so other socio political aspects in the new constitution will not be dealt with here we will be focusing on judiciary and we will also we will also and also on this there will be a comprehensive uh, written uh, representation made within a week which we have actually started unfortunately we couldn't finish in a short period of time uh, well we must start by saying that lawyers collective is unanimous in a proposal to abolish executive presidency completely which is a prerequisite to have in our view an independence of judiciary because there won't be a uh, a concentration of power which is difficult for even judiciary to handle in a uh, in a uh, executive presidential system that we have experienced then uh, uh, we also believe that uh, uh, the legislative uh, framework must ensure in the in the uh, constitution new constitution the uh legis sorry judicial scrutiny of legislation full and i heard the previous uh, representation we go a little further in fact we don't think that it should be limited only to the inconsistency with uh, uh the fundamentalized chapter i think we should go beyond what we say is that it can be in relation to devolution it can be in relation to finance totally uh, otherwise uh, you know this uh, partial Uh, uh you know review of legislature in our view is meaningless so we have to go for it fully and uh, we do ex accept that uh, in declaring a legislation uh, null and void at a particular instant in the future what has happened in the past should remain because we should not create a legal chaos so that's the that's our first point uh then uh, we also our second point is that the selection of uh, judges in the supreme court and court of appeal we believe in to uh, in uh, extreme independence of judiciary the judges of the supreme court and court of appeal should be chosen equally from official unofficial bar and the career judges with our experience we know that one portion dominating might affect independence of judiciary and freedom of the people so we we think that if the i think number of judges must be increased but in appointing the judges we should ensure that complete balance and in selecting the, we should go further we should encourage the judges who have academic exposure we should encourage uh, academic exposure in the judges who will be the such judges can make in our view uh, 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 good uh, uh, you know contribution at the highest courts uh, as we have experience and uh, <coughs> next point we want to urge is that uh, 
uh, impeachment, which has now, we don't take time, we'll just go in bullet points without taking much time because people are wa waiting for representation. Impeachment, we have looked at certain models and I think we are inclined as a group to go with the uh, Latin House principles. So we'll fully back Latin House principles. In, in, in short, uh, Parliament is not going to hear impeachments. So it's a, it's a committee appointed by the head of the state, maybe in consultation with the Constitutional Council. The judges should be drawn from Commonwealth and uh, if they want, if there's any agreement later to have any judges, it should be retired judges and those judges uh, uh, from the Supreme, Supreme Court at a later stage. But we will push for and we will uh, uh, request you to consider strict Latin House principles in relation to that uh, impeachment process. And uh, <clears throat> then the retirement of judges uh, is a bit of a tricky thing. We finally agreed that the Court of Appeal and Supreme Court, those two courts should remain and the age of retirement must be one age. You should not have 60 or 61 for one set of judges. Then they will be inclined to give judgments towards the end before retirement to go to Supreme Court. That should be uh, met strongly, uh, addressed. So what we propose is that uh, Court of Appeal and Supreme Court must be same age, 65. And after retirement, what do you do with the judges? So the, our model is that they will enjoy all the uh, salaries and so on and so forth. And they, they can practice or earn with the uh, concurrence of the or with the approval of the ex head, head of the executive president. There is one judge who is back, back to back in practice. So what we propose is that in order to ensure independence judiciary, these judges should not practice after retirement, but after five years from the date of retirement, to avoid the conflicts, they should be free to practice. Come back to legal practice if they want, if they are 70 years then, they want. And because nobody should see this uh, lack of earning capacity as a hurdle <coughs> to compromise uh, independence or judicial, judicial. So that's our that's our uh, view. But they should not hold any governmental position, any governmental position uh, uh, after retirement, after retirement, except judicial positions like uh, arbitration, arbitrators, maybe commissions, uh, judicial commissions, special uh, commissions of judicial nature. Uh, no, no. Even after retirement, uh, uh, that's fine. But this government, those are, uh, I mean, those are judicial nature. But if they want to come back to practice, I think they should. We, we should allow them to practice after five years, or if they want. I think they are. Yes, and and those uh, uh, you know other convenient uh, uh, positions like diplomatic position, those things should be not encouraged, I think that should be banned. I think judges, judges should not get into that, to those positions. Well, <laughs> the uh, there has to be a constitutional prohibition on those things. And we have another proposal which we are unanimous in the legal. Of course, uh, our collective represents about 900 lawyers. 
uh, our we are unanimous that the judges appointed to court of appeal and supreme court after the 18th amendment and still serving still serving after the 18th amendment but before the 19th amendment must be reviewed so there must be a transitional provision which ensures that those judges who are serving but appointed without any scrutiny by the constitutional council or without any scrutiny whatsoever after the 18th amendment and before the 19th amendment those judges must cease to be judges but they will be reviewed and if the constitutional council upon review recognizes that they are competent and independent then they can continue to be judges of those courts well there are of course six uh, or seven judges of that then uh, then i think the jsc we are looking at the jsc also quite uh, closely judicial service. judicial service commission which controls the minor judiciary uh, we need to have uh, some transparency that i mean the, you know we don't see even the appointment criteria we don't see uh, of judges uh, transfers all these things are extremely confidential that we needs to address so what we thought was we looked at other models for example in, in us judicial similar commissions majority of them are non judges but we are as only exclusively judges so what we thought was com- without complete nickner in this provision i think we should have at least one member of the com- uh, judicial service commission must be a lawyer or a person with uh, legal experience but nominated by the constitutional council uh, so but a no, not a judge not a judge so that will probably give us uh, uh, you know a better more transparent judicial service commission which can address some of these very burning issues in the now uh, then we think that uh, the supreme court should be the highest court of this country but this is time now to think differently and to see whether we could have a constitutional court separately so all final court final appeals will go to supreme court no doubt but in addition to supreme court as far as the constitutional issues are concerned we will have another constitutional court which will look at constitutional issues per se direct constitutional issues that court need not consist of only judges other ex- world experience will show that sometimes academic sometimes uh, very good uh, people what are, who understands the constitutional issues not be uh, not necessarily uh, the, uh, the people lawyers or judges i think but the majority of the court must be consisting of lawyers and judges or people with the legal experience of course uh, so that court <coughs> the judges should be appointed by the constitutional council but for a different for a specific term we five years and because those people are not serving as judges every day uh, you know so what we are suggesting that it's important that this particular time we look at a constitutional court so that the the the, the huge constitutional uh, matters will be addressed there for a ruling but they are not the supreme court but uh, a separate uh, uh, court 
in status in interpretation of uh, uh, hugely constitutional matters can be but uh, there may be i know that there can be conflicts but let's address that conflict uh, uh, separately because we, we can have uh, provisions to address that in the constitution itself but it is important in our view that we should now think of a constitutional court then uh, we also think that uh, uh, ages department must be looked at differently now where we have a lot of experience in the department and we department was tested recently and we know what it what it is uh, the audit attorney general is basically looking at uh, uh, you know uh, is the chief law officer of the state but i think uh, with our experience we suggest that the attorney general must be the head of the attorney general's department no doubt who will be uh, playing the role, ad advisory role of the state. They be advising even on the political issues to the state, maybe advising constitutional issues and so on and so forth, maybe representing state. But the Solicitor General must be completely independent and Attorney General will not get involved with criminal prosecutions. So there are models world over where the uh, the Solicitor General, what we suggest is the criminal prosecutions. That aspect will stop at the Solicitor General who will also be appointed by the Constitutional Council. So the Solicitor General is independent prosecutor, not the Attorney General. Solicitor General is the one who signs indictments. Solicitor General controls independence of all criminal aspects, criminal prosecutions in the country. So I think, uh, but the, it comes under the department, I, we don't see any conflicts. Uh, but as far as uh, uh, SG is concerned, SG's position is being made independent. And of course we have seen, uh, as you know, in some countries the Attorney General is a cabinet minister. Let them have it, it doesn't matter because you need to have a legal advisor of the state with whom the, the government is comfortable with. We don't, we don't see that is bad. Let it be the case. They must be having part of the state to advise and probably they are privy to policies, political decisions and all that. Let it be. But that person should not get involved in the criminal prosecution. So we, we should have this separate uh, uh, you know, division. I, I think uh, that division, we, are, we, are, we have to great extent before 1972 we had that, DPP. Uh, uh, director of Public Prosecution. So what we are, we are actually promoting somewhat similar. Probably with the 78 Constitution, there were other elements to it, with the fundamental rights cases and so on and so forth. So then, uh, finally, we'll come briefly to FR, fundamental rights uh, uh, jurisdiction. I think we need to look at uh, the fundamental rights jurisdiction, uh, which is presently in the Supreme Court. We re-looked at as lawyers collective. We think that uh, uh, the fundamental rights jurisdiction in general should go to uh, the high courts of the provinces. But if there is a challenge on national policy or cabinet decisions, those should come to remain with the Supreme Court. That's our uh, proposal. There are reasons why we say that. 
but the, but all other cases like torture to discrimination at provincial i think the, all these things can come to provincials with one appeal with only one single appeal to supreme court we say that that will uh, attract actually uh, you know even the provincial level people have direct access to uh, <coughs> fundamental rights jurisdiction in their provinces themselves uh, <coughs> so then uh, secondly uh, in uh, of course uh, there is a need to look at uh, uh, the chapter as it is there are so many inconsistencies we don't want to go into so we need to uh, make a workable fundamental rights chapter beyond what we are now experiencing uh, mostly the rights per se i think at least health education and few other rights must be in this uh, although it is socio economic rights i think the judiciary will finally resolve the issue we don't have to say that no it is socio economic uh, right and it is not justiciable that argument we won't accept i think those things will be resolved by judiciary at the end of the day so let's try and go ahead with a much more workable one and uh, human rights commission for example i think we are inclined to go for justiciable orders of course subject to judicial review no doubt justiciable orders uh, uh, so i think uh, those are the ones uh, subject to one ah yes of course in the chapter we we think this time of one one month is will be anyway not acceptable we need to go for at least uh, uh, six months uh, time bar so that is where we stop and please feel free to ask if you have any questions we will definitely submit a, a written proposal uh, soon thank you sir yes sir we will will try and thank you very much for your time we have taken 20, 15 minutes of your valuable time sir yes thank you thank you sir thank you thank you yeah yes Yes. Yes. Yes.